Of course, the Lexus Golden Opportunity sales event is about exceptional offers, but it's also about the luxury of versatility and the freedom of a summer day coming together for you at the perfect moment. Lease the 2019 NX300 all-wheel drive for $369 a month for 36 months with $29.99 to a signing. Experience amazing at your Washington area Lexus dealer. Call 1-800-USA-LEXUS for important lease offer and pricing details. Not all customers will qualify. Offer valid in the Lexus Eastern area only and in September 3rd, 2019. I know, you know, we know why. I know, you know, we know why. You feeling my baseline, feeling my, feeling my baseline. You feeling my baseline, you feeling, you feeling my baseline. What is up and welcome into that being said podcast brought to you by Sant Sports. This is your co-host Sammy George Roar, episode 526. Today we got a couple things on our slate. Um, we're going to be talking some NBA and some NFL um, and of course the final four. We got a special guest Marcus Griffin, uh, former University of Arizona and Central Michigan defensive lineman. He's going to be coming in talking some NBA and NFL as well. Um, in the meantime, this is brought to you by Sans Sports, uh, Sports on Tap, and I am your co-host, Sammy Georgeur. And it's me, George Georgeur. We're coming at you recorded from the Sans Hub. How are we doing today, folks? Uh, Sans Hub. Sammy, Sammy, Sammy. Uh, it's Final Four weekend. It's the end of college basketball. Unfortunately, we had the end of Zion at Duke last weekend, so we'll be having, uh, we'll be seeing him in the NBA. So no Zion, but still, it seems like a. Yeah, look, it was such a good like elite eight and sweet sixteen, but I feel like now it's a little bit not, not as if Zion and Duke was in there. I think the excitement would have been double. You know what, George? Yeah. A very interesting way to put it, I feel like, was um, was inviting my girlfriend over to watch Final Four with us. Yeah. And uh, she asked, "Who's in the Final Four? Is that like breaking news? I don't know if you've mentioned you had a girlfriend on the podcast. Breaking before. news. <laughs> breaking news. Do you have the? Do you have the button? Like da 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 Once we get the technology, one day we will have the button. All right. Sammy is not single anymore. So for all the ladies listening that were very interested, uh, we just I'm not lo- we just lost like ten thousand followers. Damn it. Damn it. Um, <laughs> I invited her over, and she said. Oh, who's playing in the final four? And I knew it was a bad sign when I paused for about 30 seconds. I was like, oh, yeah, it's Auburn. Uh, and then I was like, Texas Tech. And then I sat there and I was like, um, I was like, oh, yeah, Virginia. And then I was like, who? Uh, and I was like, Duke, Michigan. Oh, yeah, Michigan State. And I was like, my God, there is not one team that like. Like resonates. Yeah. Well, I guess Michigan State's the biggest like national res- recognizable because it's a one seat they're a one seat but i'm just talking about like you know they've won a championship before in this era i mean this is the only team and you know just to go back to that duke and zion thing it's kind of funny now now the t- talk of the final four is that duke and zion are not there and if they were in there the talk would be duke and zion but like my friend remzy uh and your friend remzy as well we, te- we were texting him like oh what are you doing this weekend and he told him we're gonna be watching the final four at, you know at, together and if you want to join us and he said the like someone who doesn't watch basketball much right like i wouldn't say remzy sits down and watches any basketball really sorry remzy if you're listening but um what did he text back he goes zion's out interesting like it's almost like this year with LeBron being out of the playoffs. Yeah. So I was like, oh, LeBron's on the playoffs. Interesting. Yeah. So, but it's crazy how big of a name Zion became. Yeah. Overnight. I mean, for the non-common fan even. I mean, it's the, it's, it's the, it's the example we always use of like, oh, does your mother know who that person is? Yeah. The Michael Jordan, the Alex Rodriguez, yeah. the, the LeBron James, the Cristiano Ronaldo. You know, that, that's the, oh, yeah, Tom and they're Brady. All, and they're all usually one name. LeBron, Michael, uh, Magic. I would, I would say Jordan more than Michael. Yeah, or yeah, Jordan, Magic, LeBron, Zion. I don't even think Magic's in that boat. Maybe after AIDS, when it became a big news. Oh, I, from what I've heard, at least Magic was because he was so he was Zion in college. If anyone in one NBA championship as a rookie, yeah, but it's different. Yeah, like, well, social media makes things completely yeah, this, this different. Why now. I'm saying this is a different world we live in. I mean, there are. I don't know. It's just different boundaries now. But the point is, that's why it was hard for me to mention who's in the Final Four because it's a little unconventional right now. Right. And you don't have that superstar. Or the super, you don't have Kentucky. You don't have Duke or North Carolina. Right. And like specifically, you don't have Zion. Or 
you actually don't even have the extreme Cinderella. You have Auburn, but like last year we had Lo- Loya, La Jolla, whatever, Loyola Chicago with yeah. Sister Jean. I almost said Loyola Marymount. <clears throat> yeah, Marymount. That's close. Um, with Sister Jean, right? Yeah. That's a real Cinderella. While Auburn was at high as an eighth seed at one point or an eighth ranked team in the nation at I one point think this top year. top five at one point. Even. Yeah. So definitely different. Even though they're a five seed in the in the final four, it is different. You know, absolutely. And like we said the other day, I don't think you can really mean you can name some players, but a common person in this country, I don't think if you ask them, name a player in, left in the final four, I don't think they can name one. They might I, say, oh, what about that one guy? Yeah, that one guy. That's, Kyle Guy. The, yeah, oh, Kyle Guy. There he goes. You hear what Kyle Guy said, which is kind of funny. Uh, they were interviewing him on, uh, I, I don't know where, but they were talking about the NCAA and stuff. And the NCAA, well, he's getting married. He's engaged. Shout out to Kyle Guy who's getting – look, I'm not going to go on my high horse about getting married too young. That's his choice. But – he went. The NCAA made him take down his wedding registry from uh, from the internet because uh, they said it's illegal benefits. Yeah, that's just weird. That that's weird, isn't Although, it? Although, whatever, he's gonna put it back up after next week. Is he a senior? I have no idea. I think he's. I don't know if he's a senior. He might have to keep it down if he's not, because he's not he's going. Twenty one. So I'm assuming he's he's either a junior or a senior. So. You can do a wedding registry by mail, but I guess you can't put it online. I mean, someone needs to fix the NCAA, but that's a whole different story for a whole different day. Isn't that ridiculous, though? That is interesting. That's just that's just being uh, – uh, that makes no sense. No, I know. Uh, he is a sophomore. So. He's a sophomore. Okay, so he's getting well, – he's an old sophomore. He must have redshirted. Yeah, so he's uh, – I guess it's going to be hard to get him a wedding gift. Yeah, or if you know him, you just send him the wedding gift. I know, I know, but <laughs> you know what I mean. It makes it harder. Yeah. For everyone involved, like now, his friends and family actually have to go to the store. They can't order it online. Well, they can still order online and send it to them. They don't. True, it's but just an online registry. Yeah, I, it's stupid for the. It's stupid for different reasons, not because of difficulty or not difficulty. You can still mail a gift in or bring it to a wedding if you really want. The stupid part is the NCAA rules of your friends and family are sending you gifts for your wedding. Online or not online, what's the difference? I I know. I, know. I can't believe the way they, they handle these things. Um, let's actually get to the final four. All right. Auburn and Virginia. Uh, that's our first game tomorrow. One seed versus five. Very interesting matchup. Kind of two completely different teams where Auburn's up and down, running, running gun. Auburn and Virginia is yeah. slow, somewhat boring to some. If, you, if you're not a big-time college basketball fan, it would be boring for a casual fan. Yes. Uh, even for if you're a big-time college basketball fan, you can't say Virginia-style plays exciting. True. <laughs> so, it's not that fun for me either. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, look – I'm, I'm gonna look up the spread here for a, during uh, for a second, or can you look that up for me while I make a quick point? Um, I think that this game is one of those games where I don't really know anything about either. Like this is what the problem with the Final Four right now. I know the coaches, and so I'm not gonna sit here and pretend I know much. I know that it's two, like you said, two con- contrasting styles of play. I lean Virginia due to the injury Auburn had with Okiki. Okiki. Um, just losing their best defensive player um, usually is not the best thing. They played high on emotion last game, but it's one of those things like Loyola Chicago last year. I guess uh, Okiki's now you know being on the sideline and injured, which is very unfortunate. He's become kind of the you know the most recognizable person left in this Final Four, and almost like almost like the sister gene for Albert. Yeah, um, it's it's uh, Virginia minus six, so yeah. six point favorites for Virginia, and uh, yeah. It, I guess he's become the emotional spirit, but I, I, lo- for me, it's a little different than the sister gene. Oh, 100%. It's a torn ACL compared to an old... Uh, they're, bo- they're both not able to walk. Yeah. Uh, that's not <laughs> something to joke about. Well, I tore his old- ACL. I know. Oh, I thought you were talking about because she's an old lady. No, because the guy <laughs> tore his ACL. I know. It's not, I mean, look, it sucks. Yeah, but you know, you, you got to look at the bright side. He's going to have good doctors. He's going to get back on the court, hopefully, and hopefully he has a really bright future. Yeah, um... I'm taking Virginia, and against the spread, I'm going to take Virginia. I think uh, Auburn's luck has run out. They're not yes. that good of a ba- basketball team compared to a team like Virginia. Maybe their luck keeps running, but I feel like most Final Four Cinderellas, I'd consider them somewhat Cinderella. Somewhat. Usually, they usually end in the Final Four, though. Right. That's usually the year yeah, that they – Because usually like the George Masons, the Loyalists, they usually end in the Final, Final Four. Four. Exactly. So I, I'm going to go with you. Exactly same picks. And the reason, like I said, is without Okiki too, like this just becomes more and more difficult. 
Yeah, it's their best player. Well, he was playing the best in the tournament. Exactly. So, uh, from what I know, their best player for the tournament. I know he's their best defensive player from what I read. Yeah, and I think I, I, I was writing up an article when it happened. I remember he was second in scoring on the team and first in rebounds. So, so yeah. Very beneficial. First or second best player probably. Yeah. Um, the next game we got is Texas Tech, the, the three seed against two seed Michigan State. And you have Michigan State two and a half point favorites. Okay. I'm going a little in, unconventional here. I'm actually going with Texas Tech. This is my favorite team in the tournament. Uh, one of their players, I keep forgetting his name, but he and Nip- uh, rest in peace and Nipsey Hustle. He and him were really close, and that's why Nipsey Hustle was at all at all the Texas Tech games in Anaheim over the uh, Sweet 16 and Elite Eight. They've had a lot of interesting stories with this team. You've had their uh, the whole connection of Nipsey Hustle, and after what happened here. Uh, with him being brutally murdered. You have the story where um, their point guard uh, or shooting guard Moretti, his parents uh, came from Italy and surprised him in the middle of a uh, team meeting. You have uh, Chris Beard has kind of become that like really fun coach. I heard some really fun stories about him. They were, he was ta- they were talking about what, how is uh, this experience different for him at the Final Four this year. And he goes, well, I go to the Final Four every year, but usually I'm in the hotel lobby drinking a bunch of draft beers. This time I, I'm not drinking a bunch of draft beers. I'm coaching. <laughs> so he just seems like the like the likable new guy on in town, in which he kind of is. He's only 40-something years old. Sammy, you know in three seasons – Three years ago, he took um, Arkansas Little Rock, who was a 14 seed, won a first round game. I forget against two, um, but he was like one of the biggest upsets in Arkansas Little Rock history. And then last year, he goes to Texas Tech, goes to the Elite Eight in his first year. And this year, in the Final Four in his first year. I love this Texas Tech team. They're my favorite team in the tournament. Uh, they're really good defensively. I'm picking them to. Um, I, would you, did you tell me what the spread was? Yeah, two and a half. I'm picking him uh, to cover the two and a half and to win the game. That was a lot of information at once. <laughs> My goodness. I've been reading a lot about Chris Beer. Um, <laughs> a lot of the stuff you just said actually concerns me more than motivates me with like all the stories. That's like, a good hustle And the Italian kid and all this. For college kids, that seems like a little bit of too much shit going on. Which like, very fair. It's you know, uh, kind of interesting. Everything minus the Chris Beard part because that I mean that's just a funny joke that he said. It has nothing to do with actually the team, you know. Unless uh, unless he is drinking hella draft beers and he's hungover for the game. Yeah, which he's not gonna do. No, because but he might he might have like yesterday, but not today. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going Michigan State. Uh, to win a close one, I'll take Texas Tech plus two and a half though, because I'm not mm-hmm. that confident, and I think it's gonna be a one possession game. Okay. So I'm going Michigan State, though, to win it. Texas Tech plus two and a half. Um, Michigan State just seems like that team that has a lot of guys and no stars and knows how to rally against each other. But that's they're kind of both the same type of team. Mm-hmm. It's going to be very interesting. Um, I just like, you know, after all that drama with Tom Izzo yelling at a player and whatnot, mm-hmm. I kind of, I'm kind of a fan of this team because I kind of like that the player retweeted that, like, oh, I, I wanted this. Kind of like the vibe around this team. Okay, that's and fair. And seeing them beat so Duke. Do after seeing them beat Duke, my the way my head works is I told myself whoever beats Duke, I'll, if if somebody beats Duke, I'm taking them. That's so. <laughs> very fair logic. Yeah, that's fair. It's good. It's, yeah, it's hard to beat Duke already. It's so. already hard enough to beat Duke. Um, and you know one of the things which is nice for them, I almost feel like if you beat a team like Duke in the Sweet 16, it's really hard to come back two days later to win in the Elite Eight. But when you win in the Elite Eight and you have a week to prepare and you know get back to normal normalcy, uh, I think it gives you a really good edge. I mean, it means they're super talented. They're well-coached. And Tom Izzo's been here before. You know, he's won a national championship before, so it's not his first rodeo. Yeah, that's true. It's He has the experience, which is always um, always the big plus, obviously. Oh, 100%. Um, it's going to be exciting. Uh, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. You never know with the Final Four, so it could be completely the opposite. It's pretty easy to be right or wrong. Um, yeah. There's only a couple <laughs> options. Exactly. Um, and uh, I'm sure we'll be back either Monday night or Tuesday with the after national, or maybe even Monday morning before national championship. Yep. We'll talk about that. But uh, we have a guest coming on here in a minute. Um, Great. Don't want to miss the time. Uh, we'll be back with Marcus Griffin after the break. But before we get to that, don't forget that uh, where we're getting those spreads is mybookie.ag. Now, mybookie.ag, if you use promo code SONT, that's S-O-N-T, you will get 100% 
cash back bonus up to a thousand dollars. That's a lot of money. So put it put in a thousand bucks to give you a thousand dollars in free bet money. Um, put in a hundred bucks to give you a hundred bucks in free bet money, and you can go use that this weekend on the Final Four NBA playoff race tightening up. Baseball has started. There's a lot of things you can use it on. Um, they got a little bit of everything, online gambling, whatever you want. So go to mybookie.ag, use promo code SONT, and we'll be back with Marcus Griffin after the break. All right, and we're back with Marcus Griffin, our guest, uh, former defensive end for University of Arizona and Central Michigan. Uh, we're going to be talking some NBA and some NFL. Uh, welcome in, Marcus. Thank you for having me, man. It's an honor to be on the show. Oh, thank you. thanks. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, we're glad to have you, man. Um, give us a little background on yourself, just for for our listeners that you know uh, want to hear a little bit about you. Give us a little bit about your playing career, what you're up to now, uh, what you're looking to do. Okay, um, I'm originally from uh, California, but was raised in Washington. Uh, ended up moving to Bellevue for uh, high school and going to Bellevue High School, and uh, having a, a really successful high school career. Um, was a high school American, ended up signing with the University of Arizona at high school. Spent four years there, got my bachelor's degree. Then um, it came time for my for my fifth year to come around. Decided it would be the best move for me to leave and go somewhere else to pursue my master's and play my last year eligibility. Uh, now back home uh, training, training for the draft and uh, finishing up my master's online. Oh, that's great, that's man. Great. Good luck. Yeah, for real, that's great. How how's the uh... That was for a lot of playing years in college, which is pretty crazy. And then uh, how's the working out going for entering the draft? Is it a different type of process, like a little bit different than what you're used to? Yeah, I think uh, when, you're, when you're training for the draft and for workouts with teams, it's more of an individualistic uh, approach. I mean, when you're on a team, you're kind of just doing a group, a group thing. But when you're individual, you kind of have more time this week and alter the program to your needs and your wants. Um, I'm coming off the labor tear on my left shoulder, so right now – and a lot of my time rehabbing that and building the strength and just trying to get the endurance back to the work. But uh, I loved every every minute of it and it's off season and uh, it was a great experience. That's awesome though. Yeah, it's a it's fun to kinda of continue the journey, right? Not just be done. Keep working towards the goals. I like uh, that. Of course, of course. Now when when my season ended and uh, I was looking at things and my shoulder wasn't the best, I was kinda of ready to toss the towel and then uh, God willing I found a great PT out here and I like it. No, like that's that. great, man. Uh, the best of luck, man, and good luck with the rehab. Thank you. Much appreciated. I do have one question about Bellevue football because we do have some local listeners. We do a once-a-week Seattle podcast, so we do have some local listeners. Um, how was it playing for, you know, you said you were an All-American at Bellevue, and you know Bellevue's a place that, like, produces All-Americans a lot of the time. It produces a lot of talent, a lot of state championships. Uh for high school, was it like was it a pretty crazy stage for a high school team? You know, compared to what you would expect for a high school team, because it's it's rare for somebody to be in high school and be on a team that continually dominates nationwide, not just locally. No, definitely. I think it was a culture shock. Um, I mean, we lived in Kirkland previously, and once we got the time for me to go to high school, I decided I didn't want to go to one of my my uh, my local high school and spoke with my parents and they gave me their blessing, and then we decided to move here and kind of like a culture shock. I mean, you got so many successful people around the program that it just, it just feeds off of it. Like, all the former players come back and you hear stories and you see things and it just kind of makes you want that hunger and, make, and want that fire for, for, the, uh, for similar things. I think it was it was definitely unreal. Um, to be honest, I mean, think about it. I, I never lost a game in high school. I played out-of-state competition. Uh, I rarely played full games because we're up so much. So that was kind of crazy <laughs> to me. Um, but it, it was it was super cool. Um, not many people know this, but my dad played for Permian High School uh, back with Ruby Miles. So mm-hmm. when it was my time to go to high school, he wanted something similar for me and the experiences that he had. So love you was the closest thing to find around it. Yeah. No, that's, uh, that's, that's awesome. Cool. And did you guys get any state championships while you were there? I'm assuming yes. Yeah, every year. Every year. Wow. Yeah. All <laughs> So, yeah, for anyone that's not local that doesn't know about Bellevue High School, look it up. Uh, th- that's a pretty common thing when somebody says, oh, yeah, all four years. <laughs> Stay chance. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Um, all right. Well, 
for those that didn't know about Marcus, just wanted to give a brief bio, but let's get into some NBA talk well, so we can have some time here. Um, I do want to start. I know you're a LeBron fan because I'm always on Twitter. We're always talking about LeBron. Yeah, I uh, see you guys on Twitter. Just both of you just defending LeBron on every <laughs> single move he does. I think, I think there are too many people out there that slander LeBron, uh, they don't know the full story, or don't know the facts, and it's sort of, man, everyone just talks to talk nowadays, you gotta take it right. Yeah, and see, that's where I find it interesting. Uh, he gets slandered, you know, like this year he's getting slandered, of course. Average, average 27, 8, and 8. And actually today Steve Kerr came out and said when the Lakers beat us in December, he's like, we thought they were going to be a real big problem for us in the West. And I feel like everybody just forgets that before LeBron was hurt, they were a threat. No, definitely. I think they had some, some head potential. Uh, I think that they're trying to figure out the moves in the front office and then with the coaching situation. But I think the pieces that they brought in, I like to have before the one got there, put them in a position to be frontrunners in a couple of years. I think everything has to grow in the short course. Um, I mean, being in LA, you're in the spotlight 24 7. So every time you go to ESPN, it's LeBron and Lakers, this and that. I'm like, man, come on, let's. Let's take a step back. Let's give him some time to grow. But he has such high expectations for LeBron. I mean, everywhere he's been, he's gone to the finals. Yep. I mean, his first two years in the league, he didn't really go to the didn't. He struggled because he was on a poor team. And then after that, he made a finals run. And continuously he had. I think everyone just had – we've been honest and we've been – we've spoiled to have him in our era. I mean, everyone just takes it for granted. Like, I do. I was like, wow, LeBron's going to be in the finals and this many all-star games and, and – MVP this many times, and he's taking for granted. So I think if you step back, I guess you would be a colder shot and appreciate it. It would make you respect him more. Yeah, no, for sure. So like, I, like I like LeBron James. I'm, I, I say I'm a LeBron James fan. Personally, this is George now, but. The thing is, like, you can't criticize anything he does on the court. You really can't. He's, he's such a great player. Yeah, you can say, you know, a couple times. I mean, you can find it for any player. You can find a clip where they look lackluster on defense. Find, I mean, any player. You look hard enough, you'll find a clip. But the thing with him, I think that we sometimes – where I give him a little slander is a little bit off the court, man. Like, this year, whether you like LeBron James, don't like LeBron James – it's hard not to criticize for how he's been acting off the court. I mean, with the amount of Hollywood stuff he's done, the recording a video of two chains in the studio before the you know the night before playing the Warriors and then taking the night the next game off for load management, walking into the arena with a glass of wine, like he's just kind of acted like on his own island this year. And I it he and he's done all this outside stuff and none with his teammates like. Put Kuzma on the barbershop uh, show. Put Lonzo on the bar- like. I feel like he's kind of disconnected himself from his teammates, and that's why a lot of people give him slander. But doesn't mean he's not a great basketball player, you know? What do you think of that? No, I, honestly, I think LeBron's just being himself right now. I think he's been in environments where he's had to act or portray a certain way. And I think now, trying to come out of the show. I mean, LA is, is about being in spirit and doing what you want. Um, I mean, yeah, I don't agree with everything he does, but at the same time, he's a grown man who's one of the best to ever play on this earth, and I've done so much for our communities. You can't really say anything against him. Like, okay, you got to go out to one. Like, that's your biggest family you have going on. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the way I'm seeing it, too, is because we got so many players out here with skin. I mean, like, Christoph Porzingis, shit, just got a rape case, right? That's real problems. I mean, I see LeBron... The biggest problem he's ever had was in high school he got a car a little early and like now maybe because he's doing a little too much in TV and music. My thing is as long as he still produces on the court, I- I'm having trouble hating on it too much just because he he still produced. I feel like this year maybe it looks bad that he's doing all this stuff when he got hurt because the team's not winning, but would we really care about this stuff if he was healthy all year and they're the three seed? I think, I think people gotta remember, like, LeBron is old. LeBron has a lot of miles on him. LeBron has <laughs> all the playoff games he's played, it's like, a, it's like another, it's like an additional three seasons added to his body. And then he's done the Olympics. Yep. He's done other things. Like, I, people realize, like, forget all the miles he's had. Like, every time he was in a playoff situation, he had to be that guy. He couldn't take him that off. Yep. So, I don't know. I think, I think L.A. was more of a, was more of a personal and family movie. Uh, in a basketball move, and I see no issue with it. Like he's probably setting himself up for the next phase of his life. 
Yeah. Which I think is great. But at the same time, you got to be realistic in what your expectations are. Okay, well, so we're, we're on agreement there, hundred percent. Because I agree with that. I don't think I don't think LA was a basketball move. I think it was a lifestyle move, personally. So I, I just think that uh, you know he made sure when he went to LA that this was the best thing for his lifestyle rather than the best thing for what's going to happen on the basketball court. So uh, we're in agreement on that. I I personally see an issue with it because I think he had a chance to have the best career out of any basketball player of all time. But now if he goes to L.A. and, you know, doesn't – they don't – you know, they this is year one. They missed the playoffs. How about – who's to say they don't sign a free agent and miss the playoffs again next year? And all of a sudden we're halfway through his four-year contract and LeBron went to L.A. and really hurt his legacy. That's where my issue stands. Well, that brings up a good question too. Go ahead, though. Go ahead. I think, I think my – like what you said on that, I think my huge issue with people in particular in this one season is that before this, we really 15 great years. Like it's like it's like an artist. It's like they it's like Drake, okay? We can compare it to Drake. It's like Drake giving you like Take Care, uh, and all those other great albums and then his last album is a little shaky. It's like, man, he put so much in the tank already. We should we should be excited we got this much left. Yeah, he's he's already, you know, maybe produced some of the best albums of our generation for the last like ten years. It's like there might be one bad one that, that pops up here and there. Or one shaky one, not even bad. I know exactly what you're saying, and that's yeah. And think about it: his his bad year for him is an average NBA player's great year or what they dream of. Yeah, that's true. This man at 27, he's still an All Star. Like, how many All Stars? How many All Stars are there in the NBA? Is like what, like 20, 20 something like that? 24, yeah, 24, yeah. Yeah, okay. So he's one of the 24, like best players in the league. As a, what, as, a, as a 30-something-year-old man. Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah, 34. Almost in the mid-30s. Jesus. So, he, and he's still doing it. I mean, and my thing is, I don't think he's done. I think next year we might see something interesting. I, I he, This is the first summer. You made a good point where it comes to this man has been in the playoffs for now, I think it was 13 years straight. And almost all of them, eight of them, he's going to nine of them, right? Nine of them. He's gone to the finals, which is really long into the playoffs, plus Olympics. He's going to have the entire summer from from April. Like that. This is this is rare now. That, well, it was last week of March even. LeBron's going to have the last week of March to the end of October to get ready. That's going to be – that could be a – a really big deal physically for LeBron James, especially at 34 going on 35. No, honestly, no, honestly, that time off is great. I mean, there's nothing like, like time off and away from the game and to be able to figure out what's going on. Obviously, they're going to make some, some moves in the offseason to benefit him and bring in some players. Like, they need to find another big-time player or a spotter shooter. But I think you'll see if the legs get back, man. And then he has an injury going on that we don't know too much about. They kind of just keep it hush hush which is, which is kind of red flags, but I don't think it's handled. Yeah, it's going to be – I'm I'm a little confused with his injury this year too. Like I don't know if it was – I don't know what the real diagnosis was, which was interesting. But I do want to bring up a point. I want to ask you and George, and I'm going to give my answer. I want to know what do you guys think – before we move on here to KD, I want to talk about what do you think the Lakers should do? Should they stay put? Should they trade everyone for Anthony Davis if they can? Should they – or should they try to keep the young core and just sign another star? What do you guys both think? Marcus, you go ahead first, bud. Um, that's, that's a difficult question. I mean, obviously, the Orleans doesn't want to trade Anthony Davis, so for them to continuously keep going after them and knocking in the door isn't going to work. Yeah. So they have to wait on that for free agency. But there are a lot of big-time free agents coming up. Like, it's, it's all they don't even have to sign the biggest stars. You just need to be some role players are know what they're doing or a spot up shooter or somebody who's teaching growing these young guys. I mean, I think some of the young guys that are too complacent, um, a lot of them are injured. So it's kind of going to, kind of going to just see how the summer comes around. I think, I think there's a couple of those young guys in the, in the summer league just to see how they do. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe give them a fight or flight mentality and see what happens. But yeah, a lot of it is going to be a coach too. If they will move or they let him go. I mean, I'm, I'm an Arizona guy, so you know I want I want him to be there, but <laughs> you know, so LeBron's legacy. So I think Pop needs to come to LA. And yeah. get it going. 
<laughs> like that. Yeah, I, I know it's hard for you. Like, oh, I like Luke Walton, Arizona alum, but like at the same time, like you kind of want to see LeBron win. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Mar- Marcus, if you like Luke, if he gets fired, maybe he, you guys get rid of Sean Miller, then you'll you'll still have the ability to root for Luke on the on the Wildcats. Maybe go hire him. Maybe that's a win-win situation there. But yeah, what I think they should do this summer, it's a little difficult. They're gonna have a really good draft pick. So you and Brandon Ingram is has that injury that you know uh, the same one Chris Bosh had, clot. like the blood clot. So that kind of really hampers his trade value and Lonzo's trade value with his ankle injuries. I think what they should do is try to use that, go sign a big time free agent, forget trading for anyone right now, and maybe or use that draft pick to go get a spot up shooter. I, I don't think they're that far away, if Brandon. And then you know partway through the season, if people see Ingram and Lonzo healthy. Maybe they can use them for trade, but right now Lonzo's stock and Ingram's stock is probably at all time low. Yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting. They they are at all time low, just just like Marcus said too. Just with the injuries, they're, yeah, they're at a low point right now where it's like you don't you don't really know what you're getting with these young guys because of injuries, and it's gonna be interesting to see. I really would have loved for them to be in the playoffs this year, just even if it's one round and exit, just to get the young guys in the playoffs, get their feet wet a little bit mm-hmm. and see who's stepping up. But unfortunately, uh, we're not going to get to see that. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's talk a little bit of KD. I know, I know Marcus uh, feels a little bit the same way I do about KD in general. Um, everyone knows. I think he's a snake. I really think it was the biggest bitch move in the history of the NBA to go to the Warriors in the first place. Um, I want to know what your thoughts are about KD and and you know what do you think he should do this coming off season? Well, I'm glad you said that, buddy. I'm because of that. Um, but uh, I don't really like think about it. Okay, I'm I'm I was a Seattle uh, SuperSonics fan, of course, of course. So I enjoy the time here. I enjoy the time of Oklahoma. I'm still for them. Um, obviously, just because it was very good city and uh, it showed a lot of love. But uh, I think going to linear rivals. The year after they beat you, we had three one leads. Yep. We wanna be ultimate not okay. Ultimate female <laughs> move you could ever make. Like, come on now, like there's no other pressure you could win couldn't went to the Wizards or anywhere else you had to go there and join our team and already had three potential Hall of Famers, three all stars, three Olympic gold medalists, but there's better better places you could have went. I think he lost a lot of people's respect, um, just with the way he handled it. And he kinda acting like his team was like, no, dude, you're just an addition they brought in because they had to fill a spot. Like, you gotta, you gotta realize your, your net worth and your value. But uh, we'll see what happens this, uh, this offseason when he finds a little mega deal in the Trash City. Yeah, I, I'm interested in seeing what he does because I feel like he knows that he's not as loved in Golden State. I feel like he knows that Golden State fans really like it. Th- it's Curry's team, right? So. People know that it's like, oh, cool, KD came and helped us win more championships. But he's never going to get that pure love. Like, the love that he had in Seattle or Oklahoma City, right? Where Oklahoma City, you see how they love Westbrook now, and they're going to love Paul George. He's not getting that in Golden State because he's kind of just like the next guy that showed up. You know, he was like the plug-in that was like, oh, you want to join? Sure, whatever, come join the come join the fun. So it's going to be really interesting to see if he – if he really feels that or not. And I know George has some thoughts on this too. Yeah, the guy's going to New York. But, I mean, the thing with him uh, being, you know, not the most loved person in Golden State, I completely agree with that. I mean, if you want to look at it, first they love Curry. And then they probably love Draymond because Draymond's kind of, you know, he has kind of has the attitude of the Bay Area a little bit. And then they probably like Clay, And then it's, and then they probably like KD Fourth. And Boogie, like, tied. And, and now Boogie. <laughs> Boogie's kind of a dick. So they like that, too. And it's just unfortunate. But I think, yeah, okay, you can question the move to Golden State and call it, a, you know, soft as my brother bitch. calls it, a bitch move or a soft move. But at the end of the day, if he ends up going to Golden State for three seasons and winning three championships, whether it was a soft move, bitch move, asshole move, whatever kind of move you might think it was, it would probably end up being, in hindsight, the right move. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I have, I have so much respect for the Golden State organization just because they drafted all of those guys and did it the right way. Like, they drafted Spencer, they drafted Craig, they drafted Draymond. Like, they did a great job. Like, Mark Jackson 
fed up Steve Kerr big time. I think people don't people don't recognize that. But I don't know. I mean, what what did he expect to get out of going to go to state? You come in and mess with Ron James in the way that it is love? No, like you're the villain now. Like nobody wants to see you succeed. Like, yeah. the game of basketball, like an AAU league, and nobody wants that. Yeah, it's actually interesting that you said that where it's like, what do you think you're going to be, LeBron James? I think he he said it a couple of times. The reason he was so bothered in the burner accounts and shit was because he was confused why people weren't loving him like he was LeBron or Curry. And I thought it was very obvious. I, I was shocked that he didn't see that coming in the first place. Yeah, people aren't going to love you like LeBron when you're joining the best team of all time, possibly, after blowing a 3-1 lead to them, right? And so it's interesting that he didn't see that in the first place. But he now I think he's starting to see it. I think he's starting to feel like he's kind of getting moody with announcer or with uh, reporters and stuff again. He's starting to, you know... Say like, oh, I don't owe nobody nothing. He's he's starting to have that attitude. So I'm thinking he really is feeling this whole like, damn, everyone loves Curry. Everyone loves Clay and Draymond. Like you said, all those guys were drafted by the Warriors and they were all kind of underdog draft picks, right? Draymond's a late round or late draft pick. Clay was the guy from Wazoo that not many people knew about. And Steph was this skinny guy that chucked up shots at Davison. Like all these guys they built the core with weren't superstar names or superstar draft picks. And so I think KD didn't really realize that, you know, you're not going to get that same reaction when, when those other three guys had something really special going into Golden State. I think KD is definitely respected in the basketball world. He wasn't as respected as he thought he was. Like LeBron can continuously lead teams and fans move and change with him. Like people will ride or die with LeBron no matter where he's at. He's been because he's a once in a generation player. KD is, is a great shooter, great handles. He's been here, uh, a center who's a shooting guard. Like honestly, let's be real here. But if he wanted his legacy to be one, be like one of the greats, he should have stayed in OKC with Russ. And then look, they were like PG. They were really made a run for the title. Yeah. Well, how, how about let's just uh, play a little bit of, uh, you know, foresight here. And uh, who knows if this ever happens. But let's say KD does go to the New York Knicks and brings a championship or even two championships to New York. Now, if it happens. It's a big if. It's a big if. I know. I'm just saying. Wouldn't his legacy better be better than LeBron James now all of a sudden? Yeah, that's fair. I think like it would take him to actually leave Golden State and get three rings like matching LeBron for the narrative to change because I, I hate I don't I don't mean this in a petty way but I know a lot of people that really don't you know when we say like LeBron won three rings when KD's probably winning his third this year a lot of people don't see KD as like a three-time champion you know what I mean like they don't see they, honestly, honestly I didn't know he was a three-time champion until he said it <laughs> yeah it's it's like he, he's like he's the Warriors are three-time back-to-back-to-back champs but it's like you don't say like KD, three-time champ. I feel like you see that in LeBron, and it's just it's so different. Like, the way you look at it is so different. You know what I'd love to see? I would love for KD to go home and go to the Wizards. To the Wizards? It would be interesting. But John Wall now is... I I give him a lot of respect. Yeah, it would be interesting, but I just wish John Wall was healthier because now maybe it it makes it kind of not possible. Yeah, but... It w- I would have liked that move two years ago when John Wall was. They actually came off a good year that year. John Wall and Bradley Beal. That would have been a fun time for KD to actually join the Wizards. And you know what? That team probably could have beat LeBron in the Cavs. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You're right. Who knows? K- I love I love Kyrie and Kevin Love. So you never know. No, nothing nasty, but LeBron is running the East. I think that's why so many people like getting exposed to the Easter conferences here because LeBron is in there doing Abbott Dominance. Like, where, like, where is Milwaukee doing this last year? Like, I didn't hear anything about Milwaukee and how they're, like, taking over Yeah, it's going to be interesting. That's why I'm really interested this year, too, is who's actually going to win the East because 
if you know if LeBron was in the East this year, we're probably saying, oh, the Cavs win. But now there's actual competition. This is going to be interesting. Um, we're going to talk a little Russell Wilson, too. All right. Um, so, of course, uh, we know, obviously, me and George are from Seattle. Marcus, you're from, you're from here. You grew up here. Um, we're all... I'm assuming we all, you're. We all part, have some connection here. Some connection to Seattle. I'm assuming you're somewhat of a Seahawks fan, then, correct? Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. And you're a defensive player too, so it's kind of in the area. It was great. It was great. It was great to see it. Yeah, we all love. We love the Seahawks. That's why we have our Seattle podcast. We talk Mariners, Seahawks, bunch of things like that. Um, and I remember I was talking to you about. Uh, coming on the show and we were talking about Russell Wilson and and this whole, you know, I need my money by this day. I need my contract extension by this day. And I remember I think you were responding to me on something I was talking about, how his girls kind of changed him a little bit, where now it's becoming really, really superstar-ish, like really, oh, we want to go to New York. We want to be big time, control the narrative. So I just want to hear your opinion on this and I'm going to pass it to George and get his opinion after that too. I mean, I'm kind of on the same boat with you on here. I just kind of – this almost – what the way he's acting ever since he's been married is almost, I feel like, manufactured. Like, it's a manufactured version of Russell Wilson. It's not the real him. And I guess with the amount of money you want to pay Russell Wilson, it all depends on what's your vision on Russell Wilson. Do you actually think he's a, one, a generational talent as a quarterback? Like, is he Tom Brady? Is he a Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Brett Favre, uh, you know, Dan, Dan Marino, where you're like, he's a generational talent? Or is he just a really good quarterback? And I, some people believe he's that, a generational talent. I'm on your side where I think he's more of a really, really good talent that will thrive with the right pieces around him. 100%. I think you can see, like, after he got his big deal, they kind of changed things. Like, they tried to brought in Jimmy Graham and tried to trade away Mike Unger to give him some, some window dressing for the offense, and that didn't work at all. Jimmy Graham was nowhere near as effective. Max Unger, team go pro Training, but it wasn't a fair trade. I think they, the Seahawks as well, like shied away from what what they were, what they're going to, to fit him and fit his mold of what he wanted. I think I think it's all kind of scripted now. It's not genuine like it used to be. A hundred percent. And I'm this is the same, you know, but I'm a I'm a little in between where you guys are. Like I I don't necessarily think he's generational quarterback talent, but I also don't think he is completely a system quarterback because I think we're a little lucky with the guy that can kind of get out of the pocket the way he can. He can definitely improvise a little more than the average quarterback in the NFL. So part of me says, yeah, he deserves the money, right? Like, of course, the way quarterbacks are getting paid, of course, you want to pay him. But you make a good point where both of you, where it's like, this is a little different than what Russ was. I mean, you, I, I felt like Russell was that very self-aware guy, the one that's like team first. And if I'm him, first of all, he has a very wealthy wife as well, and he's already very wealthy. I thought he's more of a guy that would be willing to take $5 million less a year 
and understand that we can pay Bobby Wagner now and we're going to win Super Bowls. That's kind of how it seemed like he was to start his career. So it's kind of been interesting since he's married a superstar in Sierra. He's kind of he's been all you know, he's getting more jewelry, more nice cars, more photo shoots, more shirtless different type of things and now it's like contract demands and now it's like oh i'm on jimmy kimmel and his wife's like oh i want him to play in new york like shit really did change fast yeah and and marcus i mean one of the things i'm thinking is maybe he doesn't even really want to be the highest paid quarterback in the nfl maybe he's just using this as an excuse like oh you have to make me the highest paid and kind of calling the seahawks buff and bluff and they say no and he's like trade me to new york event i maybe he doesn't even want to be the highest paid maybe he just wants to be in new york i have no idea what he wants but that's why i don't like what he's doing because i used to know what russell wilson wants and that's to play football and just play football and be a good quarterback now there's so much more to him yeah definitely the offense the and i mean of course not. he's not he's not a bad guy at all like he's not in newspapers or wrong things he's doing for the right things but I think his, uh, his motive has changed. And I think the longer you're in that game, the more likely it is to happen. I mean, obviously, when you marry someone who is in the entertainment industry for as long as she lives, it's going to change even more. Think about it. Like, Kiera hasn't made a hit song since her song, Body Part of the Future. Like, she's been out of it. Like, yeah. she's trying to get her way back into it. Like, she keeps pushing out albums and trying to do little concerts. Like, you know, like, it may be time to step up to an executive role and kind of be in the background. And I think he is her shining light and how she gets to kind of be out there. Yeah, it's it, that's actually a good point. I feel like they are trying to... It's almost like it's they're using that they're both celebrities now to like push more light on each other. It's almost like a... Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a very interesting narrative. It's like a... They're less successful Brady and Giselle. <laughs> yeah, they're they're trying to like pump each other out and to become a power couple. And that's a good point. They're like it's like they're trying to be Brady and Giselle. Or they're trying to be like Jay Z Beyonce. Because they're trying to like I feel like they're trying to be this like, oh my god, we're like that power couple, you know, like to the media. And, it, and the thing and the thing about power couples sorry, that's what the thing about power couples like Tom Brady and Giselle and like Jay and like and B that they don't try it's just natural yeah yes. actually, actually like you don't have to like hey let's script out what we're gonna do and let's make it look cool like no they're genuinely cool people that vibe well together yeah like they're a power couple because you are Beyonce and you are Jay Z, and it's like Brady. It's like you are Tom Brady and your wife is Giselle. Where we're we're trying to make Russell Wilson like, you know, the top quarterback of all time, and trying to make Sierra Beyonce. Where it's like that just doesn't happen just because you're dating each other or just because you're married. Exactly. Exactly. And it's like Tom Brady's wife is more impressive than me. So that's a whole other whole other round you get to. Yeah, that's true. She's a she's the most successful at her job. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Um, and he's the most successful at his. So, yeah, they're they're the perfect power couple. And, yeah, I mean, they're like a, they're trying to be Brady and Giselle part two, but they're just a little bit uh, a little bit below them as far as Russell's probably not the best quarterback of all time and uh, Sierra's not the best entertainer of all time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely Thoughts, yeah, Mark? Like, Go ahead. like... I know, I know someone has done a person level, and they're like, you can't even play Peter's music or a practice because uh, Russell is upset. I'm like, wow, that's kind of, that's kind of petty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. My thought, really quick, last question we got to get going here is, what do you think the Seahawks should do? Give them the biggest contract in the NFL or not? What are they asking for exactly? What number is it? 30, I, I think, here, right? Yeah, he wants to be the highest paid Rogers football gets player 32. of all time. Yeah, Rogers gets thirty-two right. here. He wants 30, 32-ish. Yeah, also. thirty, thirty-two-ish, thirty-three. Did he go to the Pro last year? Yeah, he was an alternative, right? Uh, he made it due to injury. Yes. <laughs> so no, you don't. You don't, <laughs> Does it count? You don't pay him. You don't, you don't pay him that much. I think. I don't know if you trade or you let him have the year, but I think you put that money and draft those picks into into O line. And put it back into the end day. I think those are the things that brought us to where we were at the heights, and those are the things that are killing us right now in our lives. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, 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 I'd, I'd sit him down and I'd tell him. Do you, do, you want to win? Do you want to win Super Bowls, or do you want to be the highest paid quarterback of all time? Because there's, you can look at Tom Brady, or you can go look at 
Matthew Stafford. Or Kirk Cousins. Or Kirk Cousins, <laughs> who've been paid a lot. Or even Aaron Rodgers, who's paid a lot last year and missed the playoffs. I think it's just going to say Adam Stafford. I think it's going to move on. But I, I don't know. There's so many people in this area that love Russ. And it would be a huge outcry if they didn't pay him. But then they wouldn't understand the after effects of that. So you got to think about it from a two-way standpoint. And obviously... I don't know how Pete Carroll's relationship is with Russ, but I think that would play a huge determining factor. If Russ is a guy, he'll get sealed. If he's not, we're going to draft somebody this year. Yeah. Yep. I like it. All right. Well, uh, Marcus, thanks for coming on. I would love to have you on again. Uh, we got, we're got we a little bit out of time today, but. Uh, we really appreciate you coming on and we hope you the best for uh, the workouts and, and trying to get into the draft here. Um, and uh, you're welcome back on the show anytime you'd like. Thank you, guys. I appreciate the opportunity. It was great. The first words for y'all. Uh, you know, you got my younger. Give me a call. And tell me what's the name of the bar. I got you. All right. I love <laughs> it. All right. Hey, nice talking to you, Marcus. You too, my man. Have a nice day. Thanks, Marcus. Have a nice day. All right. So for those that uh, for those that are listening, that was Marcus Griffin, former Arizona defensive end, former uh, Central Michigan for his senior year. He said, mm-hmm. right for his senior year for his grad program, uh, he went ahead and uh, went to Central Michigan. I did want to at least put his Twitter out there. I forgot about that. That's always a, a big plus. If you do want to follow Marcus on Twitter and his journey too, I mean, uh, he's really he's trying to get into this draft trying to play in in the league i love the motivation and the hustle it's at real mg 96 that's real mg 96 on twitter um you'll see it on our twitter we'll retweet with the when the podcast comes out um you can find our twitter at pod that and uh you can find us on instagram at at that being said pod um George, you got anything else for today? No, that's it. Enjoy the final four. We'll see you next week, and uh, stay safe. Well, we'll be back next week. This was episode – oh, find us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Type that's in good That idea. Being Said Podcast or type in Sont Sports, S-O-N-T Sports. S-O-N-T stands for Sports on Tap. Episode 526 is a wrap um, from the Sont Hub. We appreciate you all. Share the podcast with people. Tell people about us. Ask us questions on Instagram or Twitter, and we'll answer them on the show. Um, we appreciate you guys. And, George, What's that, man? this is Sports on Tap, and this is Sports Radio Redefined. Peace. They said we should just tell you to try McDonald's Buttermilk Crispy Chicken Biscuit for breakfast, and we shouldn't make a big deal out of it. But how can we not? It's crispy, juicy chicken on a warm buttermilk biscuit brushed with butter. And you can enjoy it for breakfast for only $3 on the McDonald's one two three dollars menu. Oh, forget it. We're making this a big deal. That's more like it. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. At Farmers Insurance, we know there's a crucial difference between a kick drum pedal and your car's accelerator pedal. Because we covered it. Click for more. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state.